It is 720 WGN, the director of amateur scouting for your Chicago White Sox. Mike Shirley is with us. This is exactly how you predicted it would go when you ran your first ever MLB draft for the White Sox, Mike. This is the exact scenario how you played it out in your head, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, we're always looking for challenges, Mark. So the greatest one, your first one, why not do it this way? <laughs> so, so when you got word that, hey, uh, hey, Mike, I know you've been working real hard here, uh, and uh, we want you to continue to work hard, but yeah, we're not going to do that 40-round draft thing. We're going to five rounds. Uh, I'm curious what the reaction was, and this is not... This is, I think, a thing, I guess, that baseball needs to do right now. But it's certainly a challenge in a million different ways. I mean, what was your reaction? Um, obviously, just being a new director, uh, my first draft, I'm excited regardless of what opportunities presented in front of us. But, yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, obviously, we have a staff of men that work extremely hard to, you know, build a draft board to engage players from top to bottom, 1 through 40. That's been the history of our draft. We were prepared to do that. So to do it this way, um, the initial reaction was, wow, there's a lot of good players going to be left on the board. So obviously major league players come from all spectrums of the draft. So, you know, we, we were hoping for at least 10, but we got five and we're, we're, we're ready. Let's go get five. Yeah, I, right. You, you got to deal with what is. I get it. But then you look back in White Sox history, Mark Burley, 38th round, Jim Tomey, 13th round, Jermaine Dye was picked in the 17th round. The rules, Mike, are that you can sign anybody after the draft, but you can only pay him $20,000, and every other team in baseball can do the same thing. Are you basically expecting that most uh, either high school and or college players will just go back to school and not uh, you know, sign up with clubs you know, round, if, if they don't get drafted? Uh, no, we do not expect that. There are players that are, you know, going to take on this challenge of taking twenty thousand dollars and moving on. Obviously, there's more to that that premise you can offer them because you can offer the college scholarship plan. Um, you can uh, involve offer incentive bonus plans. Those are part of you know standard contracts that we can offer players as well. Um, so think of it like this: if you're a freshman at a junior college and someone's offering you $20,000, obviously the education for three more years can be a part of the contract. So uh, for a lot of that, that's very appealing to young people, especially the cost of education today. So um, obviously it can be very appealing to families that these players, after their career is done, whatever that time frame may be, hopefully after 10 years with the White Sox, they have the option to go back and finish their degree. So. Okay, I was not factoring that in. You guys can sign someone and guarantee their college either before or after? I mean, could they, in theory, could you sign them and they could go to school and then come to the White Sox? No, no. Once we sign them, they would be White Sox you know, property. But uh, we do pay for education as part of contracts. That's what uh, some of the enticement is part of being a prospect is. We're buying these kids out of school, so that's always been a standard procedure in contracts. Interesting. Okay. All right. That's now I'm I'm getting a little window here into perhaps uh what the recruiting will look like. I mean that's what's gonna be, right? You're gonna have to do some recruiting. Hey, this, Absolutely. this is a great organization. I mean go feel free to give the pitch here, Mike. I I'll, you know, No, I, I you know I mean who what can be better? I mean I, I think it starts at the top with us. I mean, there's no greater owner in this game than Jerry Reinsdorf. There's the leadership between Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and 
the, the assets of Jeremy Haber and Chris Getz running player development, where this thing is going, the new lab in Arizona that we have both on the hitting and the pitching side, uh, the direction this club, this organization is going, who doesn't want to be a White Sox today? We are we're locked and loaded in this place. It's, it's ready. You know, you should want to be here because um, it's special and it's, you know, top to bottom around here. Hey, Mike, I'm really worried that you guys have a lot of good young to elite young players that I'm never going to get a chance to play. What would you say to that? Um, well, we're hoping for the best. I think this is all going to work out. I really do hope for the best. You can't stop baseball. I mean, it's, it's going to be coming. So, Yeah, I, I, I'm just – if a kid said that to you, that would mean that he doesn't really want to compete, which wouldn't be – perhaps the White Sox at that point wouldn't be as interested. So you're picking 11th here. Uh, which means that you probably know within, I don't know, three to five players who you're going to get. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think we're down to that in that neighborhood now. I think that after the last couple of days, we feel pretty good about uh, the individuals we'll be looking at. And, you know, but it's, I mean, it, it's a different environment. That's been the hardest part is like, what's it look like at the top of the draft? I think when I look at some of the mock drafts, I don't, I think they could be way off at times. Um, just because it's a different environment. You didn't get to scout the player and be in ballparks to kind of get a feel for what some of these players may slot into it. So it's a little bit uh, more unknown than ever before. I see where I'm reading here that you guys are having seven-hour-a-day Zoom calls, and we're all doing the Zoom thing. I find it confronting just to sit in the computer in front of the computer and just stare at somebody. And so when you're trying to talk to these guys – are you looking for – you can't figure out as much, but are you looking for eye contact and things like that? Because it's a different sort of intensity to a Zoom call. I don't know if you agree with what I'm talking about, but I, I find it to be just, just a, something that I'm, I'm, I don't feel used to, at least and, and now even three months later. Absolutely. I mean, I think from a staff perspective, just the depth of the meetings we've had internally – um, you know, you're looking for conviction from your scouts and it's been, they've been tremendous. Staff's been tremendous. The interviews with the players has been, that's been the best part. Um, the in-depth we've been able to go because most of these kids are generally playing right now. So your contact with them is very more limited because they have less time. Uh, the college coaches control their time. They don't really want them talking to the scouts all the time. We're given certain windows. We can speak to players, but this now with, with no baseball going on, we've had so much more access to the player. It's been a special opportunity for us to dig in on the makeup, uh, get more in touch with the player, more in tune. And yeah, I've learned a lot about these kids. They're really good at it. This young generation, they're good at the technology. That, to them, it's just another piece of the puzzle. Uh, so that's more up their alley. So I've I still a lot of comfort from the player. So. You guys also do a ton of background. Like you'll try to talk to the coaches and to the parents and to the guy at the Seven Eleven, where who sees the team come in? What's he like? You know, when he's not around his 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 parents and his coaches, what does he act like? Like that's all stuff you want to know, right? I mean, but but absolutely, but not as easy to do right now. No, it's not as easy to do. But I mean, obviously, we we've done this for a long time. This is um, we'll put our CIA hat on and go to work. I mean, that's just that's part of it. I mean, I think that we. We feel good about always wanting to do the work it takes to find out about the player, what makes him tick, what drives him, who's he trained with. Um, all those details can be significant. So um, we're up to that challenge. What are you most excited about when you look at the players in this draft, Mike? Well, I think the college pitching depth is, is substantial in this draft. So it's, it's something we've worked really hard to do to 
to work on and put it in order. But that is the strength of this draft. And the entire pitching process with all the high school prospects involved with this, too. It's deep. It's exciting. Um, it's going to make for uh, an exciting five-round chase to, to see who lands these uh, high-end prospects. Give me a little bit of a scouting report. And, uh, you know, obviously, let's not give away the whole we're going to pick Ed Howard. But I'd like to hear about the Mount Carmel shortstop who played on Jackie Robinson West, which was a tremendous story when that was going on in the city, which you know brought a ton of people together. Speaking of the times we're in today, uh, what, what do you see when you, when you see Ed Howard on the field? Uh, Eddie, I mean, I've said this on many uh, platforms. I think Ed Howard is a tremendous young man. Uh, I think he's a leader of this community already at 18 years old. His talent, He's worked extremely hard to build his resume on the field. We've known about this young man for a long time uh, due to the fact that he's kind of been raising a little bit of that ACE program that the White Sox are a huge part of. And so the makeup's right. He's wired right. The physical ability um, is substantial. Uh, he plays a premium position shortstop. He functions on the defensive end extremely well. It's a, a very controlled yet athletic swing. Uh, he gets the barrel up to speed rather quickly, uses both halves of the field really well, and most importantly, the instincts, the intangibles, things he brings to the table are, are substantial. I mean, it, it's worked really hard. I mean, I've known about the kids since, I mean, that Jackie Robinson, that that, that whole story was, was impressive. How the, all those kids handled that, um, that at such a young age is always tremendous. Ed speaks well of it in his interviews. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. You think he's a first-round pick? I think Eddie. I think he's going to sit somewhere in that in that first thirty somewhere in there. Yeah, I think he's got a great chance to do that. Yeah, it just, um, I don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't see that. His resume he built prior to the shutdown. It speaks for itself. I mean, when he was at Team USA last summer at the PDP, you know, he established himself as a as a premium position player who's who's got real ability. So, do you think there's anything to you know a kid like that? Pressure playing at home does that ever cross your mind when you when you think about a local guy? Well, I think some we always assume that that would be fun for the for the player, but sometimes um, when you have that pull of the, that dynamic you're dealing with, it can be more challenging than what we realize. Um, you know, so I think you can feel pressure about that, but I don't, I I got to be honest with you when I speak to that, I don't I don't get the sense that that's something he's that hinders him at all. I think he, he takes on every challenge of his life. It's just the strength of his family, the people around him that give him support, and what the kids' makeup really is about. The draft is coming up on this Wednesday. The White Sox picking 11th, five picks in the first five rounds. Mike Shirley with us here on 720 WGN for just a couple more minutes. Are you worried about the minor leagues, Mike, for where we're going from here? Um, I think is that we should all we've all had to take a pause on what's happened, of course, you know. But I obviously I have faith and trust that you know we'll get ourselves um, back in line and get back to playing sometime in the near future. I, I think those pieces um, will will come together. I, I think we'll get back to baseball at some point, whether it's late in the summer or the fall. I'm hoping uh, something's going to transpire and we'll get these players back going. Yeah, yeah. People are are hypothesizing that the minor leagues are going to be shrunk down and I'm thinking about you know small communities where you don't have a big league team and people love going to the ballpark so 
fingers crossed that uh, you know we'll we'll get back to doing that as well. Yeah. And I get the economics of it, but right, I mean, you got there's got to be a soft spot. I would think somewhere in your heart for the minor leagues. I mean, you spent a ton of times a ton of time around it. Absolutely, as a player, as a scout, you know, you, you go into those small cities and you appreciate uh, that avenue of baseball that they present. Um, and that's well, what's really important is that our game holds its structure. I mean, there's kids in those towns that grew up grew up going to those games that makes them want to be professional baseball players. And it's, I mean, that's that will continue. There will be minor baseball that continues to thrive. I think there's a market for it. Um, so I think in some way or another, it's going to provide an avenue for another piece of this game to take hold. Um, and those players are going to find a way to continue their career. Um, independent minor leagues, things that uh, some other Things will pop up, and it'll give players a chance to separate themselves and maybe enter into professional baseball through another arena. I think I definitely think that might happen if the, if the minor leagues get shrunk down. So. And, and you look at you know guys like yourself who go on to have a career in the game, right? There's so many guys who who didn't make it to the majors, but they go on to work for organizations. They go to junior colleges and be coaches. They they go to work, you know maybe they start their own clinics. They they give back to the game that they love so much. Absolutely. That's. I mean, that's always been a huge piece of the puzzle. And I think, you know, you we we need our game to continue to spread its wing. Where you get to be active in the minor leagues, you develop the skill set, the professional knowledge that is essential at times to coaching, to spreading that next piece to the next generation that keeps the cycle moving forward. I, uh, every piece of detail about our game, th- those are in, those are important. We, we can't lose those those type. Um, touches that we have with our community. Mike, good luck, man. I we're excited to see where you go with the uh, with number eleven coming up here on Wednesday. But uh, congratulations! No one's more excited than me, Mark. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge, and you know we'll do our best. We work really hard. So thank you for thank you for your time. Yeah, and congratulations on sitting in the seat. It's a huge accomplishment. So enjoy it. All right. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Mark. Yep. Mike Shirley, Director of Amateur Scouting, your Chicago White Sox on 720 WGN.